are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I like to hear people sing, not perform. I, I like that. I like to enjoy the choir this morning and the special singing. I like to see people sing from their heart. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. used to say, I couldn't carry a tune in a bucket, but in the eyes of God I can sing because Lord, the Lord looks at the heart. And that's where it all starts at, anyway, is the heart. That's when a man gets saved, when he believes from his heart that the gospel, he gets saved. And that's how we need to serve the Lord with, our, our, with all of our heart. What a joy to be here this morning. My, I don't know what it is about this place. It makes me kind of feel at home a little bit. I, I don't know. I, I guess I met some North Carolina people. Met a lady a while ago. Met a lady a while ago from Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. And she's from White Plains Baptist Church, where Carl Lackey has been the pastor for 43 years. And that's only 40 miles from my home. And uh, so I'm meeting. I think most of you folks really are from North Carolina. You look honest, really. <laughs> and it just came out here, I guess. I don't know. Uh, when we get out here, I reckon get an earthquake or something. I don't know why. But uh, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad I'm here. Preacher said, uh, someone said uh, this morning about me leaving my pulpit. I hope it'll do good. I hope it don't do wrong, you know, do bad. Uh, may go back and they say, I'm sorry, fella, you're out. Oh, I'd like to go back and hear them say, boy, we missed you. Boy, we missed you, you know. That's what you'd like to hear, you know. You know, time flies so fast, folks. I know what Paul is, means, the older I get, when he says, redeem the time because the days are evil. And how true that is. A pastor's been here nearly 15 years, and what a blessing, what a blessing. He... He became this pastor, I guess, about uh, the same age. I haven't figured it out that I became pastor of gospel life. And preacher, I was praying the same thing. Lord, let me stay in one pulpit for your glory for 50 years. Now, I'm only 16 years off from that. I'm praying for 75 now. That's getting too close. That's getting too close. But uh, I became pastor of gospel life at age of 24. Now, you go ahead and figure up. I'm 58 years old. I'll just keep you from figuring if, I, if I'm figuring right this morning. And what an honor. You know, it takes more than a good man to stay in the church. It takes some good people. Amen. Through your troubles and your trials and your heartaches, always someone coming around saying, Pastor, I love you. I appreciate your stand. I'm behind you. And uh, you do that to your pastor. That'll mean, that'll mean much to him. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 with me this morning if you have your Bible. I love the bus ministry. Oh, I could talk about the bus ministry. We've been in the bus ministry 21 years at our church and uh, start off with four buses. And the preacher, I think, said about 30, 35, something like that, 35, somewhere in the neighborhood. Uh, we're running each Sunday. And we don't have, we don't have uh, cities like you have cities. I mean, some of our bus routes go one mile before they find another house. That's right. That's right. We got, we got bus routes to go 50 and 60 miles one way to bring in 50 people. Let me tell you this. You know something about the bus ministry? It just, it just keeps all the formality out of your church. Yeah, I like amen. that. I, I, I don't like formality. God amen. knows. I, I never could stand a put on. I just can't stand it. I, I'm what I am. That's it. And that's what you ought to be. 
Dr. Davis, let me tell you this, preacher, and I'll, pre- I'll uncouple after a while if I'm not through. But uh, Dr. Davis has been here, I think. Dr. Davis from Trinity Baptist, I think maybe he's been here. From Jacksonville, Florida. You know, Dr. Davis is a nice fellow, a little polished, you know, but he's all right. He's a good fellow. We had him a few Sundays or a few years ago, and, uh, you know, I was trying to be nice, you know, and I guess a little, you know, put on that morning. We had the doc sitting on the platform with me. Our choir was singing, and always buses late, you know, and here comes Mary, one of our ladies, lives about 50 miles away, way down in the country. Here she come, her bus was late, the choir was singing, Dr. Davis sitting here, you know, he always has that tie, you know, everything's right. I'm sitting beside of him, I guess trying to impress him, you know. And uh, here comes Mary in late, she's got a brown poke, brown paper sack. And she started on the platform. I said, oh. And she didn't stop. She come on up and she said, preacher, she said, we kill hogs this week and I thought I'd bring you some meats. And, and I said, thank you, Mary. God bless you. And the choirs are singing, you know. And I said, now you can go on to your seat. <laughs> I'll have to tell you this. She started rubbing herself. She said, I, I hurt myself this week. She said, I, my hip, she said, I burned it. And she told me the whole story about it. She stand, didn't realize. She's standing there just rubbing herself, you know. And, and I said, well, Mary, we'll pray for you. And so I, uh, I took my ham meat and went back and sat down. And I just said, Doc, I've got me some hog meat here. And stuck it back under, the, under there. <laughs> I can tell you many stories about the, the bus ministry. Keep it up. Keep it up. Folks, as long as you're after souls, God will bless your church. Now, we need a well-rounded ministry, and you have it here. And if I were you, and, uh, and I wasn't in a church that was after souls, I'd sure think about this church right here. Reaching all walks of people, all kinds of people. I mean, brother, all kinds. We've got a couple millionaires in our church. Uh, they, they're bus workers. They work on a bus route. Amen. They bring in people every Sunday. I don't care what, uh, whether they have anything in this world or don't. Everybody needs Jesus. And I thank God for people who are working in the work of the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And he was buried, and that he arose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Now I'm going to stop there. You know the Apostle Paul is writing to a carnal church here. This church is a confused church. If you read in the Twelfth uh, chapter and thirteenth, fourteenth chapter, they were confused about tongues and and uh, they were kind of hung up on gifts and so on. And Paul said, "Brother, I declare unto you the gospel." Paul is saying that's that's the important part is the gospel. Uh, he said, "I've preached it unto you, and that's how you got saved." He said, "Unless you just had a head belief, but if you believe with your heart." that Jesus died for you and that God raised him from the dead, that you're saved. He says here, now I've declared this, and he told us what the gospel is. I want to talk to you a little bit about the gospel. 
First of all, I want to remind the Christians here this morning that the gospel is very, very important. I'm not important, you're not, but getting the gospel out is important. Brother Lester Roloff used to say, come to our church, he used to say, I'll tell you a pill everybody needs, and that's the gospel. And that's right. That's right. I mean, uh, these rehabilitation centers and all are doing what they can, but that just don't do it. It's the gospel that people need. And I wish we had time this morning just to go from different verses or different chapters and see what the Apostle Paul thought of the gospel. Right quick, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, Paul is saying here to a, a, a group of Christians who haven't matured. And uh, he's, he's talking about, isn't it right if, uh, if, if an ox plows, uh, isn't it all right for him if he's plowing in the corn, isn't it all right to eat of the corn? Or if you have a milk cow, would you go off and buy milk? Wouldn't it be all right to drink that milk? So what Paul is saying that a man who lives or who, who labors in the gospel, isn't it all right for him to eat of the gospel? It's all right to support your pastor. That's what Paul is saying. But now he's talking to a group of people that are carnal. And uh, notice what he said in verse 12. Verse 12, 1 Corinthians 9. He said, but if others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Notice, nevertheless, we've not used this power. Paul says, uh, uh, I haven't depended on you people for support because you're too carnal. Why? Look at it. But suffer all things lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. If I understand what Paul is saying, Paul is saying the gospel is so important that I wouldn't do anything to hinder the gospel of Christ. Now we won't turn to other scriptures, but in the first Thessalonians, I believe it's in the second chapter, maybe the fourth verse, Paul is praising God that he has allowed him to be able to get the gospel out. And what a joy to get a message out to people that will deliver people from hell. You see, joining the Baptist church is not the gospel. Being baptized is not the gospel. Being confirmed is not the gospel. Back a few years ago, I was preaching in North Carolina in a revival meeting, and I preached on receiving Christ. He died for our sins. He was buried, and He rose again. He's the way to heaven. And I was talking about the new birth, and there was a neat-looking man walked down the aisle that night, about 50 years old, and the pastor was talking with someone, and I spoke to him, and I said, Sir, what would you come for? He said, I've been deceived. I said, What do you mean? He said, I was confirmed into a church when I was 12 years old. And I'm 50 years old. I've been working in that church, holding offices. He said, I've heard you on the radio, and I come down here for curiosity. But he said, I have never been saved. He said, I didn't know a man was a sinner by birth, and he had to receive Jesus Christ as his Savior. I've been deceived. Uh, he was a man who was trying to work him his way to heaven. And what a sad thing. Dr. Harold Seitler said one day, the saddest verses in the Bible in Matthew chapter 7, when men shall say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied? That's preaching. In your name, done many wonderful things, Lord. Look what all we've done. Matthew 7 said, Jesus said, I shall declare unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity in the outer darkness. My friend, the gospel is the way to heaven. Remember that. I meet people and they say, I say, are you saved? Oh, yes, uh, I belong to such and such Baptist church. I belong. Well, you better have more than belonging this morning. 
You better know Christ as your personal Savior. Jesus said in John 14, 6, He said, I am the way. He didn't say, I am a way. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to my Father except he comes by me. Doctor heard Dr. Lehman Strauss preaching several years ago. and He said, I was in revival, and I preached Jesus the way to heaven on Sunday. He said, on Monday morning, I was over at a little country a store with one of the members, and he said, a lady came in and said, I was in your service yesterday, but I didn't like what you talked about. He said, I'm sorry, ma'am, what is it you didn't like? And she said, you said uh, that there's only one way to heaven. And said, why, you take, uh, you leave here from New, go to New York City. Said, you can take a highway so-and-so and highway so-and-so. He said, wait a minute, ma'am. I wasn't talking about New York City. I was talking about heaven. Amen. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Paul said here, uh, Christ died for our sins, was buried, and rose again. And that's by the way you're saved. And if you haven't received that death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, if you haven't received Him, you're not saved today. Now keep that in mind, folks. It's very, very important. Uh, uh, Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all, or to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and then also to the Greek. You see, the gospel is God's dynamite. I had a neighbor years ago moved in across the road from us here at Streets. It's roads out in North Carolina. I uh, moved across the road, and I went over and invited him to church. The man had made a statement. He just doubted if there's a hell. But he finally said, well, since you're a preacher, I guess I ought to go to church one time. I said, I think you should. And he came to church. It wasn't my preaching, but it was the gospel through the power of the Holy Spirit, brought conviction to his heart, the first service, and he walked down the aisle, and I met him, big fellow weighed about 225, 30 pounds, I, I met him, and I said, D, what'd you come for? He was trembling, he said, that's what I need, and he got saved. So I'm saying, Christian, we need to get the gospel out. People will not get saved apart from the gospel. And we need to get the gospel out. You're not saved by visions and dreams and prayers. You're saved by receiving the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we must remember that. The gospel, number one, saves. That's the only way you be, you're saved. is by believing, by receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, sometimes folks say, well, you mean you receive the gospel like that? You receive Christ, and then you're one of these fellows who say, just go on and do it the old way, and you're still saved? No. Number two, the gospel only saves, but the gospel separates. The gospel changes, my friend. It changes your life. You don't have to have a second, third, fourth work in the grace. You just get a good one, oh, a good dose of the gospel, and it'll change your life. It separates. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians 6, 14. He's talking to a group of people uh, who have been saved. And here comes some believing Judaizers through and said, Now, hey, they said, Boy, it's so wonderful. We're saved by grace. I mean, we've tried to keep the law. We got circumcised and all of that, but never brought peace. But a man named Paul come by and told us that it was already done. Christ died for us. We trusted him and we're saved. And that crowd comes along and says, Well, now that's good. That sounds all right, but I'm going to tell you one thing. If you want to stay saved, you better, you better keep the commandments and be circumcised. Now, you've got that same crowd today. 
You get someone to receive Christ this morning as their Savior and go back to work tomorrow and tell somebody and say, hey, I got saved. They say, that's good, but have you got the Holy Ghost yet? And the poor fellow gets confused, he don't know what. Fellow in our church said he, he was just an old drunk. He got saved, and that changed his life. And he went to work, you know, and he's just happy. He said, I got saved. And by the way, when you get saved right that moment, the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit takes his boat up in your life. But he says, the fellow he worked with said, well, I'm glad of that. He said, have you got the Holy Ghost yet? Well, a new convert didn't know what he's talking about. And uh, he, he kept every day. And he said, I'm going to tell you one thing. And he kept on. He said, you better get the Holy Ghost. And he said, uh, so you can uh, speak in unknown tongues. And he said, every day I heard that. The man never witnessed to me until I got saved. He said, one day I went in. He said, listen, fella, I'm saved. And where's that going to take me if I'm saved? The old boy said, well, now that'll take you to heaven. But he said, but wait a minute. That's where I want to get off at anyway. Right there is where I want to get off at. My friend, the gospel, Jesus Christ, is sufficient. We are complete in Him. And what I started to say in Galatians 6, 14, Paul is talking to people who are glorying in circumcision and other things, but he said this, I like this, listen at it, but God forbid that I glory, save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, what did it do to Him? By whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. What do you mean, Paul? The Paul said, when I received Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, he said, I got separated from the systems of the world, and the world, I got crucified from them. That's what he's saying. My friend, the gospel saves. Uh, uh, you know, I used to say, oh, before I got saved, man, if I can just hold out. You know, I, I got to get, get this straightened out and that straightened out, and, and, and if I can just, just make it, you know. But it never did work. But I found out, I mean, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's so true. But when you by faith receive Jesus, God operates on your heart and gives you a new desire, and all things are passed away, and all things become new, and you can't explain it, but you can enjoy it, my friend. That's what I'm talking about. So the gospel saves. A gospel is what separates us. You don't find liberal uh, preachers and uh, uh, preachers, uh, 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 modernists and all uh, who, who, who know the gospel of Christ. You know, the gospel separates. Uh, then I want you to notice something else. The gospel moves us out into the work of the Lord. In, in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, you know, we quote those verses quite often. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that faith is not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not a works, lest any man should boast. Now, that grace is God so loved us, gave Jesus His Son on the cross to die for us. So we're saved by God's grace through faith, and He gives us a faith. It's a gift from God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But now, wait a minute, we stop there in verse 9, but now notice what verse 10 says. For we are His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So what I'm saying when we're saved by grace, not only are we separated from the systems of the world, but thank God we're created in Christ Jesus unto good works. 
which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. My friend, we who know Christ as our Savior, we still have two natures, I know that, but thank God we have the divine nature in us, and it ought to be just as natural for us to want to produce good works as it is for a bird to fly. And the gospel's what does that. That's what I'm talking about. The gospel's what does that. It causes us to serve our Lord. The Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 20, Paul left the, uh, called the Ephesian elders together, and he says, I'm going to Jerusalem. I don't know what's waiting, uh, except the Holy Spirit has already said there's bonds and afflictions waiting them up there, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. Why, Paul? So that I might finish my course with joy uh, of testifying of the gospel. Paul says it. I've just got a burning inside to get the gospel out. It makes me want to serve the Lord, my friend. And that's what I'm saying. The gospel is what will satisfy your heart. You remember in Acts chapter 8, when the Lord sent Philip out of a city down into uh, the desert, and there was an Ethiopian that had been over Jerusalem, uh, to worship, and he was reading his Bible, going back across that desert. He's reading in Isaiah 53, The Lord has led as a lamb to the slaughter, sheep done before his year, yet nope, not his mouth. Seven Over 700 years before Christ came in the world, Isaiah was prophesying Jesus as the lamb, you see, was coming. And the Spirit of God said to Philip, Go join yourself to that chariot. He walks up and gets to talk to that fellow, that Ethiopian, and and uh, he said, you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I, some man should guide me? And so he invited him to come up and sit down. And he said, who's he talking about? Who's led as the Lamb of the Lord? Who is this? And Philip began the same scripture and gave him the gospel. Preached unto him, Jesus, now wait a minute. Here's a man had something lacking in his heart. He wouldn't satisfy. But he, when he received the gospel, and then in obedience... Was baptized. The scripture said he went on his way rejoicing. All right, now the gospel will save us if we'll believe it. The gospel, my friend, will separate us. Now, sinner, you wonder, how can I quit the things that I ought not to do? Just come to Christ. That's what I'm saying. Come to Him. So you can't see it. It's not by sight, it's by faith. My pastor used to say, he said it's like this. He said if you take a big drum, a 50, 60 gallon drum, he said and take a, a, a nail, big 10 penny nail, and, and drive a hole in the top of that drum. He said you, you close one eye and look down through that little hole and it, you can't see anything. But he said if it were possible for you to get inside of that drum, you'd be surprised how much light you'd see through that hole. And that's the way it is by receiving Christ. You see, you say, well, I want to get saved someday. I want to make sure I can make it. And the devil tells you all those things. I want to change life. Well, you receive Christ. He saved you. And then not only he saved you, but he will separate you. And, and he'll give you the desire to serve him. And then, thank God, he'll satisfy your heart. You read about Martin Luther. Martin Luther thought he could work his way to heaven. He was uh, going through all of the uh, catechisms and everything, and, and uh, he was uh, uh, climbing golden steps one day, and one day it dawned on him, we're not justified by that, but we're justified uh, by faith in Christ, and he trusted Christ, and he found peace in his heart, my friend. 
I'm telling you this morning, the gospel satisfies. I told him yesterday afternoon about the conversion. God, convert, God saved me over 41 years ago. I was a young boy of 17 years old, running from one hell hole to the other, trying to figure out how I could leave him alone. But let me tell you, the gospel is good for old folks. It's good for young people. I cannot explain it. But that night on October the 24th, 1948, when I received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, I went out of that building with a desire to serve Him, and I was satisfied, and the places that I used to go, I didn't want to go anymore. The Lord changed my appetizer just by receiving the gospel, my friend. And He'll do the same thing this morning. The gospel satisfies. Then let me say in closing, the gospel actually saddens if you don't receive it. Over here in the book of Second uh, Thessalonians, in uh, chapter Second Thessalonians, in chapter number one, listen to what he says. He says in in verse eight, in flaming fire, the Lord's coming back. Verse number seven, verse eight. That's Second Thessalonians one, in flaming fire, taking vengeances. On them that know not God, and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to me this morning, sinner friend. You can just turn this preacher down. You can turn this preacher and walk out of this church lost. But let me tell you one thing. One day you'll stand before God. And it's going to be sad. He'll point back here on April the 1st, 1990, when you had an opportunity to walk down the aisle and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, but you rejected Him. And the Bible said He's coming uh, to bring fire, flaming fire, upon those who reject the gospel of Jesus Christ. I see over here in the book of Peter, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, and in verse number 17, listen to what he says. First Peter chapter 4 and verse number 17. He talks about, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begins at the house of God, listen, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Sad to turn Jesus Christ away. Sad to do that. Now listen, in just a moment we're going to give an invitation. My dear friend, if you're not saved, you're lost this morning. There's no middle grounds. Your works will not save you, but the gospel will. Believe in Christ, died, then was buried, and rose again. Now listen, not just believing about it, but believing with your heart. Romans 10, 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart, God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Not maybe, but shalt be. Now this is it. In a moment, we go to stand and sing, and you can leave your seat. And the pastor and these preachers will be standing here to give you the Word of God, have prayer with you, and, and instruct you in how to be saved. And you can leave here with your sins forgiven, with peace in your heart, with satisfaction, with desire to live for God, and on your way to heaven today. Or you can reject and stand back in your seat and turn Jesus Christ away and walk out of that building and who knows where you'll have another day or not. You may face death this afternoon and if you do, you'll burn in the flames of hell forever and forever and forever just for the reason that you would not come.
come to Jesus Christ. I beg you to come to him. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer this morning. Let me ask you, before I have prayer, and we're going to sing a verse of invitation, go home in a few moments, but let me ask you this morning, are you saved today? If you died in the next five minutes, do you know that you are go to heaven? Now you say, Bobby, you can't know. Don't argue with the Bible. You can't know it. Do you know, do you know that you'd go to heaven? If you don't, you ought to be concerned. God have mercy on you if you don't care. The devil's really got you blind. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, preachthebible.org.